0: Do we decide what we were talking about today? Since since Abby isn't here, can we discuss the thing that Abby didn't want to talk about?
1: Yeah, sure. It's like you expressed you expressed
0: you had disapprobation yeah. about this topic, so we recorded it without you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not not like um, covertly. It's not like we're like secretly we're not like in a bunker secretly recording a conversation.
0: No. No, we did we did wait. Abby just didn't show up. She's off doing things in Germany apparently.
1: <laughs> you know, doing things. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. You know, the kinds of things you do in Germany, whatever those are. Um, you know, like eating bratwurst and drinking beer. That's I've never true. actually been to Germany. I really should go <laughs> to Germany sometime.
1: I used to live there. There there are sausages and beer.
0: Alright. So I'm not far off the mark.
1: No. There's also liquor filled chocolate, but you know, there's a lot of that in other places too. Mm.
0: Chocolate with liquor. So I had um, a craving
1: this morning for day old donuts. You know how they come in the bags? Oh man. Oh like
0: specifically slightly stale ones?
1: Specifically like a bag of day old donuts.
0: Okay. I don't
1: like, know if I'm maybe I'm pregnant. A,
0: from a specific place or just like no, in general
1: like it's generally
0: any kind of donuts yeah and they ha- but they had to be in a bag the bag was key yep okay so you you should start a need to start like a business specifically <laughs> for that
1: like, it wouldn't be the worst Something. business buying donuts off of places that don't want them anymore and reselling them
0: like buying them in bulk yeah i wonder if that's like some of these like services where they deliver stuff to your to your business i wonder if those are just always day old
1: yeah i mean tim hortons throws them out so they could sell them
0: that's that's unfortunate i would hope that they would like like there's a bunch of bakeries around here and they always just like donate all of their extra food at the end of the day to shelters and stuff
1: yeah that's what starbucks does but uh i have a friend who wandered into tim hortons late 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 at night once and they were throwing out the donuts and he's like can i get some of those they're like nope and just dumped them in the trash <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh all right well now that we've had a conversation which will only really make any sense to canadian listeners and possibly northern u.s listeners i think there's tim hortons in like detroit mm. i've been to michigan there's lots of tim hortons in the and, states
1: yeah there's in mean, new york state for sure and uh, <laughs> i think in illinois <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. This is. Well, this has been. Uh, this has been how do you engineer? Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> two thirds um, of how do you so, engineer are talking about donuts. It's. It's a. A real tour de force returning to recording after, being on vacation for a week or two.
0: <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. We. No. We can. Uh, we can. We can salvage this. this will be our, our. Our intro brain engineering. How can you create a machine that creates day old donuts, like. You don't want to have to wait a day for it. So you need to be able to make mm. donuts and then recreate the scent, like the, I stale? don't know like what, what yeah. happens to donuts. Yeah. You have to put them in a uh, baked goods when they go stale. Is it cause they've, they've absorbed moisture or lost moisture?
1: Well, that's why the jelly filled donuts are the best ones day old, because it's kind of like a stew. They just sit and they just like absorb the jelly and they become like mm. the, the, the powdered sugar on top gets like slightly damp. <laughs> It's kind of like I was watching a a Star Trek episode last night, and uh, at one point, Cork was like, there's no word for crispy in Ferengi, and I'm like, it's funny, because it's always (laughs) raining.
0: Right, right. Okay, so, um, we need to take the donut. Oh, okay, how would we, how would we cause the jelly to, like, pervade the donut faster?
1: Um... I mean, you could make it less gelatinous, but then it's not really jelly. It's more just like a juice-filled donut. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: would 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 using like like injecting the gel, but when it's hot, do that, like Ooh, so that yeah. it gels in the donut?
1: Yeah, no, I like um, that. Yeah. Sort of like then, the, then the, we, the place that makes dumplings near our office where they put frozen soup inside the dumpling when they're making it. And then when they bake – sorry, when they boil the dumplings, the soup becomes soup. You do the same thing. Yeah. You can put like frozen jam inside the donut and then when you bake it, it becomes jam again.
0: Well, or like – no, but I think you actually want the, you want the opposite. Like you, you cook the donut and then once it's cooked, you inject the jelly but you inject it hot when it's hot. Mm. So it's liquid. And then it like permeates through more of the donut, and then as it cools, it gels. So you you still get the jelly texture when it's done. Yeah. But it's like further through the donut from the get go. Okay, and
1: then you over bake it so it's a little bit crispy, like it's not as soft as you would want a donut to be. And then you turn it's around like a, and you a, put it tr- in a fridge, so it gets like super humid and, mo- and cold and moist. <laughs> is it our fridges? Uh, hmm,
0: I guess it depends what else is in the fridge because usually like. By default, fridges would be dry, wouldn't they? Like you, uh, when you cool out, cool down air, it should lose moisture. I don't know.
1: I feel like things get get sappy when they're in the fridge, but that could just be, I don't know. I, well, I feel like I, the humidity I, in a fridge is like, you could like obviously you control the humidity in a fridge. That's why you have the veggie drawers because they control the humidity of your vegetables. But
0: right, but mm-hmm. all they're all that's doing is just like trapping the humidity that comes out of the vegetables in like a smaller space rather than mm-hmm. letting it fill like the whole.
1: Hmm. To take a step I mean, back, like, I think the ideal way to actually create the donut at first, so that it's that right kind of not ideal consistency, is you microwave it. Like,
0: after all the previous processes?
1: Yeah, because, well, first of all, that'll make the 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 jelly, um, like, boil, because it's the mm. only liquid that's there. And then also okay. it'll make the donut slightly dry.
0: Right, because it'll it'll boil some of the moisture out of the donut mm-hmm. itself, which would then which would then make the like the powdered sugar hydrate as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And then what Actually, you do? We
0: could we, we we could totally do this experimentally. Just yeah. buy a jelly donut, microwave it, and see if it comes out stale.
1: Well, we'll keep all our listeners posted on our our new process <laughs> for how to ruin donuts. <laughs> <laughs> And then for the bag, okay, I I'm, couldn't help but think that the the bags that they use are very similar to the ones that, if you live in the country, um, at least around here, you get your local paper delivered in, because they don't want the paper to sit on your driveway and get like all gross if it's raining or snowing, and so they deliver them in like little bags. So you get your reuse those, yeah,
0: right. So we're we're doing the environment a favor as well.
1: Yep, your donut <laughs> smells like newsprint and is slightly moist.
0: <laughs> you get the full like all we need to do is add some like powdered coffee in there and you get the full like sitting down with your donut and coffee mm. and reading the paper but in a single uh, a single olfactory experience
1: mm. okay we got to change subtopics i'm getting hungry again <laughs> I, having soup and cottage cheese and crackers for lunch wasn't enough now i want donuts again nope.
0: this episode brought to you by cottage cheese yep we've had requests for that and oh, really? by requests, I mean one request from my wife, because she thought it was funny, so All right. we got to bring that back. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, so let's... Uh, Before Abby gets was... too angry
1: by listening to this episode and being like, what the <laughs> hell are you guys doing?
0: <laughs> this is what happens when Abby doesn't show up for recording. <laughs> I hope you're happy, Abby. Um, yeah, let's talk about uh, engineering a thing.
1: <laughs> like we're let's talk about doing... you know the thing that the podcast is centered around engineering yeah. things um yeah no, well, let's yeah.
0: continue doing what we're doing we'll continue doing what we're doing but more seriously um do you so want the, the the to I...
1: include a disclaimer up front is that what you're about to do
0: well i was going to give a little background to the conversation including abby's misgivings, so that she can like if she wants she can divorce herself from this conversation if she's uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. um yeah so i I've been listening to the news and the news is basically telling me that all of the hurricanes from the last like half decade have been condensed into this year. And I was listening to descriptions of like the things that are going wrong in the various places being hit by hurricanes and thinking there has to be, well, I'm sure there are several things that could be done to make these make places more hurricane resistant in the future um and so my brain immediately went to like trying to design things that would make life safer or more um livable in during and after a hurricane and um and abby raised the very very reasonable objection that like it could come across as insensitive and we really don't know that much about like storm mechanics so this is take everything I'm like we're about to say with a grain of salt. This is just if as engineers we one of the things that we do is think about like how you could engineer things better, whether or not like that is the best solution and whether or not that would actually it would be practical in the long run. It's still just an interesting thought experiment, and it's something that I at least do it just does almost second nature when I hear about something. Going wrong, I immediately started thinking about like, okay, how, what could have been done differently? What could be done to solve the problem? So the, yeah, so there was the no motivation uh, behind it.
1: I think one of the important things to say is there's no, not not implication, but uh, there's no, like we, how do I phrase this? Um, <laughs> you got, you
0: got to walk on walk on eggshells a little bit, yeah.
1: I but I think it's, I think the the important thing to say is that we have no expectation or understanding that we have, we are at all qualified or know anything about the topic. Like, we don't design things for hurricanes. I know hurricanes have lots of water and very fast wind, but, like, I don't know what goes into hurricane design shelters and um, what it's like to be in a hurricane. And, like, basically, we're, there's no implication that we're at all qualified for this. It's just exactly no. like Simon was saying, when typically, um, sometimes at least, an engineer hears about something that is bad, the first inclination is, I wonder if I could make it better.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that's true of a lot of different professions. Like, I imagine that, like, doctors have a similar reaction to somebody being, like, to something bad happening um, in, like, public health. They immediately start thinking, okay, here's what could have been done differently or here's what we could change to make the situation better. Any profession, probably, when you see failures in, um, in your sort of field you want to think about like okay how could you pre- prevent that how could you make life better
1: um even failures is difficult because it's not really like anybody failed to do anything it's just that it's an unfortunate situation no. where there could be yes. a lack of technology or a lack of resources or all of the above mm-hmm. like it should be could be logistics like there's there are any number oh, of yeah. reasons why things did not go according to plan perhaps or maybe even they did go according to plan but it's just the nature of the beast so it's, it's not, oh, yeah. it's okay. more sort of like, is there a way to make life easier or more bearable in that kind of circumstance?
0: Mm-hmm. So the, the reason that I was intrigued by this topic, um, with this, in this year in particular, is that we saw hurricanes, the same basic cause of a problem, hurricanes, having massively different effects in different places, um, because there were like there was there's Houston where the where the primary issue was just massive rainfall and flooding um, but then there were also islands where you had the main problem was storm surge and there were places in the Caribbean where the main issue was landslides and um, and damage to the soil structure so like there are a lot a single cause with a lot of different effects um all of which could be mitigated. I don't think there's, there's, there is definitely not going to be one solution to, okay, just do this and um, everything would be better. But
1: um, we can try to, we can try to come up with something, some approach to whether it's a building design or some kind of structure that is designed to withstand any number of what you just mentioned, including perhaps the fact that afterwards there's sometimes a lack of food or a lack of fuel or diesel or um, a way to generate energy or communications or stuff like that. so I mean we can try to do stuff like that and see how far we get. Mm-hmm. but I, I yeah. think you're right. it uh, is very interesting that the the circumstances are different in different places, and the the result is different depending on the type of hurricane. The most crazy thing that I was reading was the one that hit I'm so I'm lost now in the names because there were so many, but the one mm-hmm. that hit Houston, the first one. It wasn't Maria yeah. and it wasn't Irma. It was the one before that. Uh, Harvey? Harvey, yeah. Uh, that hurricane dropped so much water on Houston that the cru- the surface of the earth dr- like sank by three centimeters or something. Huh. Like, they have... Like, they have
0: like se- It actually depressed the ground
1: with yeah. the amount of water? it actually depressed the earth. Like, there's, there's not seismic, but there are surveys, and uh, maybe it is even <laughs> seismic... Um, information that they have for that region. And like, it literally compressed the surface of the earth. There was so much water that dropped. That's crazy. It was something I mean, bananas. Like it was like, like billions of gallons of water or something. It was, it was madness. Hm.
0: So like my, my first thought, and so Houston is the one that to me seems like would is one of the more straightforward things to look at solutions for, because when you start getting into the Caribbean islands uh, and, and the issues that they're having, the problems become more complex because you have the additional issues of logistics of like, what do you do in order to make the island itself more, more stable, but also like, how do you get stuff there? How do you, um, how do you deal with the, the logistics and also the cost issues? Whereas, Houston being sort of a metropolis and being connected to the mainland, it's a lot more straightforward. You can be a lot more uh, creative with your solutions, and it's not as immediately absurd. Um,
1: but even so, like so we, the- we can say that our main constraints and assumptions are that you can deliver something um, reasonably well, whether it's a freight aircraft or something, and it's reasonably low cost and... Mm-hmm. Um, reasonably like manufacturable and like you basically there are ways to do things like 3D print buildings but that's not necessarily like feasible especially in terms of the cost involved necessarily at this point
0: but like if we could build like a giant industrial 3D printer that just like popped out houses that would be awesome
1: they have I want to say they have that they have there are people who are building houses by 3D printing them but they don't necessarily like make more than one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I was, uh, so I, I want, I, I kind of want to start with Houston because like the, the, the observations that I made there was that the big, like large buildings, other than the fact that they like lost power or like there was damage to the, uh, infrastructure, generally speaking, the building themselves were stayed in good shape. So from that point of view, like my mind immediately went to like building essentially arcologies, like large buildings that were self-contained. So you have localized power production, like power um, generation, and then all the like living and services built into a single building. So that if you close all the doors, you still have all the things you need for basic uh, like living th- to live your life all within a single building, that it still you still have the problem of okay you got to get food in and water in, um but in terms of like having mm. a livable space even when you're cut off from everything outside of the building, that that concept has been around for quite some time, and if you could make it a reality, it would make your urban areas a lot more um resilient to things like both flooding but also like lar- large scale ice and winter storms where you where you're sometimes trapped in buildings and urban areas are very very hard to navigate in those situations mm-hmm. um limiting so- like limiting the amount of time that or the the number of things that people need to leave a building in order to like survive would make that more tenable in the future i would think
1: yeah, no I, that's a really good idea. I hadn't not even nearly gone that far down considering something being self-contained and self-sufficient. My thinking was immediately like, well, you take a like a, a trailer, like a tractor trailer um storage unit, whatever those things are called, the mm-hmm. container, like a cargo Yeah, container, like a yeah. cargo container and just start there and then build off of it. But that's Yeah, that's a really awesome way to go. The uh the logistics are interesting in terms of how you, like, again, I I keep coming back to, like, how do you design for those particular issues that you described? Like, one of the biggest things in Houston was flooding. How do you Mm -hmm. make a building that either doesn't get swept away in flooding, or can be underwater if it floods, or floats if it floods, or do you just put it at a high elevation and say, well, it's high? Like, I mean, you can attach a crane to it? Like, I don't, like, how do you, if if we go down the checklist of things that must be survived. The first one is probably mm-hmm. wind, and the second one's probably flooding.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's going to be the balancing act from an architectural point of view with buildings like that, is that uh, ideally something like an arcology would be a massive building, which would be big enough that you could like have greenhouses on the roof, and you could have a business area in the main section and people would live up in the tower or whatever. And from an urban point of view, that the most logical way to do that is to make a really, really tall tower, but that would make you more susceptible to high force winds. Um, And you're always uh, in an urban area. You're still relying on making sure you have a solid connection to water sources so you have to storm your your water filtration and water purification and, and distribution systems so it, unless you're unless you build water purification into your arcology as well like there's there's still always the infrastructure um considerations for that i mean water is um, not
1: really a, i mean especially in a hurricane water is not your biggest issue you can you can well, get, you can you can having... get rainwater <laughs> there's I, quite a yeah, lot of it to go around
0: do... If you have the system to collect enough rainwater for enough people, like that's, I think, I think getting clean, uh, potable water for, like, especially with that kind of structure, you get a huge number of people in one place. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about increasing the the population density in urban areas, not decreasing it, which means that you are like things go downhill even faster when you run out of water. Oh, so, so
1: this is a year-round living environment. It's not just like an emergency. Uh, like, bunker well, I, kind of thing.
0: I'm kind of thinking that, like, it's... That that kind of building, what you design as many buildings as you could to be that kind of a structure so that in the event of an emergency, you'd be able to shelter large numbers of people in those buildings and have those buildings remain as habitable as possible throughout a, an emergency situation like that.
1: Yeah, so you, um, you build buildings that, for instance, the first two floors are can be sealed so they're so they're 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 waterproof so or you, they
0: can or they can be just like essentially abandoned like you move up to the third floor and mm-hmm. above and the first two floors don't contain anything
1: They're made of vital. plastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean like that, that was one of the problems with uh I believe Katrina um uh several years ago was that they had moved a lot of buildings had moved things like generators and backup uh, electronics to like the third floor of buildings, but the main electronic breaker panels and stuff mm. like that were still on the first floor. Yeah. So they had generators, but the generators couldn't be connected to the main power grid of the building. Cause the main power grid distribution was underwater. Mm-hmm. So like, you, like you have to just, des- you, you kind of have to design it from the ground up to say, okay, we're not going to put anything vital on in, in the bottom, like, 40 feet of the building so that in the event of like massive flooding, you can essentially just like close the doors and abandon the bottom two floors. You're building. They're there for structural reasons, but they don't, you don't need them to, to function.
1: Well, if you think about, cause I keep coming back in my mind to drilling rigs like oil drilling rigs out in the ocean, um, mm-hmm. which are obviously designed to, um, resist storms. Like they're basically mm-hmm. in the middle of the Gulf. Um, yeah. If you build like a pylon structure like that, where you have big steel pylons that basically support the rest of the building and you can close them in so that it looks like the rest of a house and you can have garages or workspaces or stuff like that down there. Uh, like, not necessarily living environments, but utility environments. And even <clears throat> like if you want to do storage or whatever. Um, and then, like you said, it's just something that is, the assumption is it can be abandoned like so you lost your lawnmower that's not really the end of the Mm -hmm. world the if it's if it is enclosed you can either leave the doors open and the whole thing just floods and you have your four structural supports or your six structural supports that hold the rest of the building but the the flow of water just moves through it or you close it up and seal it off and hope for the best but if it doesn't work so be it um that's really neat and then on top and then yeah you build basically the rest of the living structures on top of that that pylon system Mhm.
0: I mean th- th- this is always assuming that you know the maximum depth of flooding and mm-hmm. so like th- there's there's still lots of considerations there um and I- inevitably you you design something like that it's going there's the distinct possibility that you're going to get a storm that's bigger than anything you ever expected and then you're in the same in the same Uh, situation you were in before. I mean, this is
1: prohibitively expensive, but what if that pylon system was hydraulic? So what if you basically have your building on a steel platform that is, uh, on top of like giant hydraulic rams that are underground. And so basically if there's a flood, your whole, your whole building or your house just lifts. Obviously it's not, it's not a multi-level building. It's not like you're talking about like a a 30 story building, but like if you have a three or four story structure, you could lift it. People lift houses all the time with hydraulics.
0: Yeah, it's true. I I guess part of that is also, like we're talking about from a cost point of view, how often is that system needed versus the cost of setting it up?
1: Absolutely, um, yeah. That, I, that's why I like, said, like, if cost isn't an issue. If cost obviously well, isn't an, is an issue, then you build a static system that is, and you just deal with the fact that your house is elevated, which, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't the worst thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, anyway, not not knowing not knowing enough about the about like the city of Houston and the the urban planning issues that it faced, it's hard to to come up with a very very like a specific solution for that kind of situation, but I think that generally trying to make buildings capable of self-sustaining uh, operation um as much as possible is a good like uh, Future proofing move for just natural disasters of any type. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that, it's one of the things that I've thought about with urban planning a lot when I'm sort of traveling around in cities is that we don't do enough of mixed, like mi- mixed use buildings. Like, people tend to live in one building and work in another building, shop in a third building. Um, and if you could limit the number of buildings that they had to travel between on a regular day, then you limit the susceptibility to failures of transportation systems and that sort of thing, um, which would make you like make your city more resistant to all sorts of different kinds of natural disasters. Yeah,
1: um, no, that's true. Okay, so that that right. was that that was a reasonable crack at at flooding. The next big thing is wind, um, mm-hmm. and the obvious answer there is like my my in laws live in Florida. They were in Florida when the hurricane hit, and you've got storm shutters that you put on your house and then you cover them in plywood and mm-hmm. that reasonably prevents your house from being damaged from high wind depending on how structurally sound your roof is and what how, how big a thing that hits your house is like if your house gets hit by a boat that's not really going to be stopped by a piece of plywood but if it gets hit by like pieces of wood or whatnot it's it's reasonably okay
0: hmm i'm um like the the wind uh problem i i i always get my head head always goes back to like hobbit houses and like could we build buildings that are integrated enough into the um landscape that you don't have these like vertical walls where wind like like a vertical wall for it to hit you 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 make your your whole building like meet the ground so that it's nice and aerodynamic i don't Mm. know if that's even something that'd be reasonable to do i don't
1: think that's even an issue i don't think the wind is actually the problem it's things that the wind is blowing around like Mm. buildings typically can withstand 200 300 kilometer an hour wind it's that the wind is carrying two by fours yeah, that's right, that's right. that's the main issue. <laughs>
0: you got you got you make your you make your building more impact resistant. Yeah, like
1: obviously windows are an issue. Windows break because yeah. of the pressure, but it's 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 more in terms of the structure of the building. It's more that it's getting hit with rubble and stuff.
0: Well, except for like, in, as far as
1: I know, I don't mean they were saying in, that especially in Summer ten The wind was like taking entire chunks out of hotels. So yeah, what I mean, I'm saying yeah. it's
0: like a, I think in in places there are islands in the caribbean where they've like they just it's destroyed the mass like storms have destroyed the the vast majority of buildings entirely and in that case that's <laughs> the the moving forward the question is what what do you replace those buildings with yeah. that would make it the more likely to survive
1: and that's like from the sounds of it, concrete's a go-to uh, in terms of like the the sorts of buildings that people take shelter in in the states. If there's a hurricane, concrete mm-hmm. seems to be a good a good way to go. Um, I mean, the in terms of the shutters, I don't know if it's feasible all across Europe, um, especially in Germany. The uh, the buildings have shutters on them that are kind of metallic. I don't know if they're made of aluminum or they're made of a rigid plastic. But basically, almost all the windows, um, I guess for security, I was never really sure what they were for, Um, have Mm. shutters that you can pull down over top of the window. Um, Mm. And so those are like, they they totally disappear into the top of the window frame. So you don't see them unless you close them. Um, Is that
0: that on the outside of the window or the inside of the window? On
1: the outside of the window. Okay. It's basically like a garage door for all your windows where you just like, Mm -hmm. you you drop the shutter down and it kind of, if you don't drop it down all the way, there's um, cracks of light that you can see through the different um, like panes. Of the shutter, but then once you drop it all the way down, it just basically closes up, and it's like uh, a a segmented armor for your windows. Hmm.
0: I mean, that would that that would certainly give you give you resistance to flying debris. Mm -hmm. Um. I guess so. Like you were talking about, like a container-based structure or something that could that could be like put together modularly. I'm wondering if you could create. Uh, so I, I've got two different directions Actually, I'm thinking in term
1: mm? What something just occurred to me going back to the containers was... I mean, those containers are built to be stacked. the same like That's what they do on our cargo ships. If you yeah. take like two or three levels of containers, which they build um, like pop-up hotels out of now, and you just yeah. basically use the bottom two levels for storage, like we were saying, and you can open the doors if you don't want them to get pushed around too much, and you anchor them to the ground, and then the top two f- floors are... Um, our living space and then you make the roof like a garden or something um, mm-hmm. or the the roof maybe like a a, a greenhouse with um, growing lights or something if it's uh, if you're trying to resist uh, the actual storm weather I don't know if, I mean growing lights the generator and then you get into gasoline again but one way I mean yeah I, I, yeah. The,
0: there's only so much that you can I, I'm just thinking of, of like if we were trying to design a thing that you could ship down really easily then yeah, using a standard container size, if not the stru- if not an actual just container would be good because that makes it really easy to move because you just stick them on existing um cargo ships. They're designed to move those structures that that kind of a, of a of a a shape mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. So that makes that makes the logistics a lot easier. Uh, and they're
1: and like, and like I said, they're designed to be interconnected and to be fastened down and to resist swaying motion and wind and water and all kinds of stuff like that. Because, again, that's where they live. Like, those, the 90% <laughs> of the time, those cargo containers are in tropical storms and on the ocean covered in water and wind and rain and everything. So, like, they're built to withstand all of that. You don't want your cargo container full of plasma TVs getting soaking wet or jostled around or completely destroyed. So... Like that's where they live. Mm-hmm.
0: Now they're, I guess they're made out of steel, though. They're so not going to be watch. very warm. <laughs> well, and uh, in in yeah, you're probably not as worried about that. I'm, I'm thinking more just like longevity. If they're they're either going to be sitting on like a slab or something, because they're sitting right on the ground, you're going to get
1: like, yeah, they're going to sink.
0: The bottom, they're sink, and the and the bottom of your bottom layer is going to rust out.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Um, you pour a concrete foundation. And then you you anchor them to the ground, um, yeah. And well, you just give assume, you to, yeah, yeah.
0: And and you probably, I I I don't know. I again, I, were we are not experts, so I don't actually know how deep like storms storm surge waters normally are. Um, like Typical, whether you need to be as far.
1: Because I was looking into it for the the, the flooding in Florida, um, it seems like typical flooding. If it's not like an outstanding situation, is like six to ten feet mm. um, above sea okay. level, like ab- above above the the actual ocean. So I mean, six feet is yeah. like a reasonable like uh, flood. Ten feet, like that's getting pretty serious, and then. Um, because the sheer amount of water they got in houston they were looking at probably closer to like 12 or 15 feet that's where people ended up like on their on their roofs
0: yeah well and but houston had the additional problem of they've it's an urbanized like an urban area so you don't have the same like ground permittivity like you way back when we interviewed um i'm sorry his name is escaping me but uh Yes. Uh, no. Talking talk about the urban development.
1: Oh no, you're absolutely right. That wasn't Kyle. Yes.
0: No. It was the other. Um, my my apologies. My apologies to, uh, to you. I forget your name. Um. Anyway, we were we were talking about like how you can only cover so much of the ground because you need to be able to soak water into the ground. But once the ground is is saturated and that water has nowhere to go, the next thing you have to you're 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 having to do is design a way for the water to flow out of the urban area. uh, And so that, like at normal rain levels, that's like storm drains and things like that. But at heavy rain levels, like what you're seeing in, in, in Houston and things like that, you're talking about like actually just funneling water, like building freeways so that they turn into rivers and things like that. Um And that, at that point you're beyond normal flooding as a concept. It's now into just like, how do you make water flow out of your city? Um, which is a whole different, like, that's a a massive urban planning question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it gets um, very, it gets very, like, if you're trying to, you're right, if you're trying to protect an entire city with, um with spillways and dikes and all that kind of stuff, that gets to be a tall order. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. And, and you're never going to be able to deal with all of the problems. It's just sort of like, these are things that occur to me, uh, like occur to us as things that could be done. I'm liking the, 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 like just container structures in general, just because it means that you can do a lot of the assembly and, um, packaging for it somewhere else and move them all. So like logistically, part of the problem is like, how do you get, everything you need uh to set up a living space to a place and these buildings serve double duty as they are shipping containers to get stuff there and then once they get there you just stack them up and turn them into houses yeah i'll post up some Um, some
1: photos on some links in the show notes but the the netherlands especially has um has built up some residential buildings out of containers and i know like i said they use them for pop-up hotels in some cities i stayed Oh, no, I didn't actually stay in some in Glasgow my parents stayed in some in Glasgow um, mm. so like they are they are pretty readily used for living spaces so they have already existing architectural blueprints and things like that for how you make them into living spaces and stuff like that so you're right you can you can modularize them as you see fit they even have refrigerated ones if you want to have like cold storage and stuff like that and um, all kinds of stuff I mean anything that would typically damage Uh, the things you put in your house, they have containers to prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you're trying to turn it into a living space is going to necessarily undermine the container's ability to be like sealed and um, like resist the elements. Mm -hmm. But I think you could design, uh, you could design the container so that it, is rigid as rigid as it can possibly be and still be a, a good living space because you got to be able to like put windows and stuff into it. Yeah, yeah. And every time you every time you add a door or a window, it it, it necessarily um, is going to change the the like the structural stability of the container. Mm-hmm. So it, that would be a a whole different mechanical engineering problem of how do you design a container that has like human sized doors and windows but is still physically strong, like strong enough to be stacked like seven high or mm-hmm. 12 high or whatever they, they are on on cargo ships. I'd be
1: interested um, in how expensive Lexan is compared to typical glass that's used in houses because obviously legacy dictates that most houses are outfitted with glass windows because the technology is there for glass windows. We've had glass windows in houses for decades, for centuries. But mm-hmm. the I feel like Lexan being almost bulletproof um might be an alternative obviously it isn't a scratch resistant and it probably is more difficult to keep clean and transparent um for that for that matter um Mm -hmm. for that sake but i mean you could i feel like there might be other ways to create windows that are more impact resistant that you could put in a container if you just cut a hole in it and put in a piece of lexan or something and then spray foam it in or screw it in and then that call it a day i mean you could even if you uh if you don't necessarily want to have it open all the time um each end of a storage container is a door so you could just sort of weld in a balcony uh fence like a balcony uh barrier and kind of open the doors in the day if you want to let some light and some air in and then shut them at night
0: are they doors at both ends i thought there were only doors at one end
1: maybe there's doors at one end yeah i think you're right
0: yeah, I think yeah. I think the the one end is usually solid because I think that's key to like the structure of it. Yeah, you're it's, right. It's rigid at one end, but I mean that's not necessarily a problem. Um, again, it, like those kinds of structural windows and stuff like that, they that kind of technology exists in like ship design and that kind of thing. Like the the there there is a history of designing windows and designing doors into metal structures that need to be able to resist large loads and large strains so like mm-hmm. i don't think that's untenable um it, it would be a question of trying to standardize a living space um and then also standardize a a way of implementing it in in a in an area so that it can be set up really quickly and also that it's like there. For every like so many containers that are like houses, you need a container that is like this is a node for power management. Like it's a yeah. generating station. It's a, uh, um, uh, ideally some sort of renewable energy station, so that you could get it set up like <laughs> pop it Wind. up and, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would. Uh, that's an interesting question.
1: You'd almost, you'd have to have like a wind turbine inside a tunnel, like you'd almost because you have grates to protect it and stuff like that. It's almost like you're building a wind tunnel, but the wind tunnel is not creating its own wind; it's harnessing wind coming into the tunnel. Like if you put yeah. a couple storage containers together, weld them together, and then you put uh, an internal like maybe six foot turbine inside, I wonder if that would work.
0: Well, like you, there are ducted turbine. Uh, power generation designs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you could you could definitely do that. Again, it's very um, expensive
1: for the slim use case that it would be used for. Like I mean, if you're designing an entirely self-contained wind turbine just so that if there's a hurricane, you have power. It's not well, necessarily. No, I'm, I'm
0: thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking. How would you design a wind, like wind power harnessing structure that would be strong enough structurally to be able to resist hurricane force winds? so that it would continue to work in the aftermath of a hurricane um like yeah it would still be your it it would still be part of your day-to-day power grid
1: i mean again but- like we had a discussion about the the eventual sun death of the world um and we were talking and <laughs> it came up that like well you can move to iceland and then all your problems are solved. So I mean, and in, in that if you there aren't hurricanes in Iceland, so it's an it's a geographical issue. But <laughs> the uh, <laughs> if you could figure out some way, like basically, I think your best bet is you build your your utopian uh, storage container society to use wind and solar and even geothermal if it's possible, if as if that's feasible. And then if a storm hits, you take it all down, protect it, whether you anchor down the turbine or you uh cover up your panels with with steel or cover, put maybe they have uh, some kind of way to protect them one way or another um and then you just run off batteries because i mean realistically the hurricane is not going to last for for weeks like typically i think probably you'll be able to run off battery for a couple of days if you're not too wasteful which is probably the amount of time you would need um to well, resist a hurricane I mean, there, before. there are
0: several there, there there's at least one island right now that just they're talking about months before they're gonna have like infrastructure back up again yeah so, that's I mean, infrastructure like, but that's, that's not the, what true. I'm
1: saying is not I'm saying before you have reasonable wind speed and sunlight not before you have oh, infrastructure okay. back like if you if you're off the grid um mm. like our colleague of ours has a house that's completely off the grid that's running off of solar um yeah if you have that infrastructure in place to run off the grid, you cover it all up during the hurricane and you run off batteries and the batteries have to last for the length of the hurricane before Mm -hmm. you're you're likely to have sunlight or wind back that's at a reasonable amount that you can live off of it again. And that amount of time is actually probably quite feasible to run off battery.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I I thought you were saying like, until you get grid power back and like that could be an extremely long period of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, because then at that point you're right the problem at that then is potable water and sewage. Um mm-hmm.
0: so I mean but th- those are also things that theoretically you could um like rather than p- possibly this that part of the solution is rather than relying on large scale centralized um systems for producing drinking water and things like that you focus on distributing those those services so that you are you're less reliant on the on like the infrastructure to pass that that uh the water and power around so you start you focus on distributing power generation and distributing uh water filtration into smaller uh self-contained um systems
1: yeah so your toilet has an actual digester or um some well, kind yeah. of some kind of system built into it and your your water tap actually has filtration systems built into it and stuff like that
0: yeah, or even just on the scale of like if we're st- if we're sticking to our like container uh modular city solution, um you just design something which is one container worth of equipment for filtering and uh purifying
1: water. <laughs> Everybody just goes poop inside a single container. It's like a big outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's... it's when it's full, you just cl- you just close it up and put it on a boat and it floats away and you get a new one. <laughs> uh
0: this is the uh, this is the levity that uh, that uh, Abby was afraid of. We can't we, we can't we can't make jokes. Jokes are bad. Well, um,
1: jo- jokes that, that uh, I think jokes are fine. I think the the, I, the, the problem. I'm not going to highlight the problem. We know what the problem is.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I, I I'm I'm thinking I'm liking the the direction we're going in terms of just like you standardize everything to a shipping container. So each, like a setup for a small, a small neighborhood is whatever, um, a hundred housing containers, 200 storage containers, one power container, one water, like water purification container, one, um, I don't know, what else would you need? Like, this is, so you get, like, this is, here's your kit for yeah, yeah. this many people uh, worth of of, of relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can, then it can come down to, like, this is how many, like, emergency, like, village in a box you can put onto a container ship. Yeah, you cover 50 uh,
1: of them with solar panels, and you cover another 50 of them with a living roof, and... With, yeah, with beehives or and like, stuff. Or I don't
0: know. <laughs> you 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 make yeah you make fifty of them so that they are a, a an existing garden and then you design them such that you essentially when you deliver them you cut the top off of them or something, mm-hmm. um, and then you're you're ready to go, uh, like some of it you're you're never gonna be able to make it both easy to deploy. Well, I shouldn't say never, but it, like I think the key for that is focusing on easy to deploy and, um having a, a fairly long lifespan, not necessarily the ability to ride through another hurricane in pristine condition, but the ability to ride through another hurricane in livable condition. Um, it, like the living roof probably would blow away in a hurricane, but that wouldn't ca- be a, an issue for necessarily the ability to live afterwards.
1: Yeah, exactly. The it, The difference is whether or not you want it as a relief um, as a relief structure, where if there is a uh, an emergency, you deliver it, or if you mm-hmm. want it as an actual living space that is there year round, that's able to resist that kind of circumstance, like they're they're both totally feasible. It just depends on how you want to actually design and deliver it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, you could have I, a rapid response smaller uh smaller set. so if you you have one that you design that's a little bit nicer a little bit more decked out and that's like your year-round uh container city that basically people can live in whenever they like but then also you have your emergency deployed city where you have like a hospital pod and a first aid pod and a food like more food storage pods and stuff like that that you deliver that Mm -hmm. you can build up in a day or two and that's able to sustain a population for a smaller amount of time, but with uh, with like a little bit less uh, of the the day to day nice to haves.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know like how much of this technology, in terms of just like quick setup um, structures and um, like self contained living uh, solutions, how much of this already exists as just like military tech for setting up like mm. pop up military bases. Mm-hmm cuz um I, I would assume this is kind of the, the kind of thing that the military does a lot um but it would be purely as like for, if if you're looking just as a emergency relief like we need to pop up a place for all these people to live uh in in decent uh conditions and provide their living needs um i imagine that kind of technology party exists so mm-hmm. the challenge is would, would be creating something which is both easy to distribute and set up but also is well enough designed that it could stick around um because realistically uh you're not going to want to once you've done all this setup if you've done it in such a way that the structures are um pretty resilient you're not going to want to then say okay now we got to tear all this down and ship it somewhere else um
1: yeah so i was just looking really quickly and the company that my parents stayed with was called snoozebox um okay. that was the, the pop-up um hotel they stayed at in glasgow and okay. uh so there's they can set it up within 48 hours pretty much anywhere because they can transport them by boat ship or rail sorry sorry ship uh by road or by rail <laughs> by boat right. or by ship <laughs> all the <laughs> options um yeah they have each climate controlled container has a double bed a wet room a flat screen tv wi-fi power outlets uh key card entrance and then they give you like breakfast and stuff which doesn't really pertain to our conversation but um Mm -hmm. uh it includes its own infrastructure so no electricity water sewage access is necessary um it can be leveled by the installation crew so flat terrain doesn't matter and the smallest configuration is 40 rooms while they can also deliver up to 400 wow so it's okay. pretty cool, and that's just like yeah. a British company who decided to buy a bunch of containers and make them into modular hotel rooms. So, um, I mean, there's lots of technology out there that can that could make something like this possible already. It's just a matter of retrofitting yeah. that idea to something that's a, either more permanent or more better able to to deliver the needs and requirements of an emergency situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think I think it's a feasible solution, and I think that it would be it would it would allow you to distribute like just to, to to respond quicker in a way that is not like a stopgap solution yeah. and i think yeah. that i think that that has advantages both like from a from a uh like the quality of the solution but also from a, a morale point of view of like it's not we're not just setting up tents it's like no we're, this is going to be your house kind of like the the like the the shotgun houses they built in in the um after Katrina where it was it was a really quick structure to set up um they were again it was it was a similar idea like the, the these houses they built they were very very quick to build um easy to set up, but they also had the added advantage of it was an actual home like mm-hmm, this is gonna mm-hmm. this is a house that you could live in for a long term, and I think that that has a lot of of uh value in that situation as well that you're not just this isn't something temporary we're 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 dropping something and give you some give the people who are going to live there some stability and some continuity that they wouldn't otherwise have which i think is great
1: no it's it's super important you're absolutely right i remember listening to the radio after the storm hit um houston and there was a lot of uh people being interviewed where they would just sort of be like yeah i mean i don't have a house to go to right now so i'm just basically walking around Like they would just basically leave the shelter and wander the streets because they had nothing else to do. They had no job to go to. They had no house to go to. And they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just waiting until I can start my life again. And in the meantime, I'm just going to kind of aimlessly wander around. So having us somewhere to go and somewhere like a hotel, realistically, like somewhere to go where you can have your own space and if possible, get back to kind of the things that you would typically do day to day is, uh, is really important. Um, mm-hmm. so I that was, that's uh, probably a good place to, to wrap up the, uh, yeah. the one thing I want to mention is it, uh, maybe on the topic of how you, how you design cities for this type of event, because I mean, especially in the South, in the United States, and also I'm sure in other regions, there's a lot of design that goes into how cities are structured so that they can withstand extreme weather. Um, we mm-hmm. should get Andrew Messer back on and see if he has anything to share with us on that. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it'd be a really interesting conversation because it's uh, it's something that I know basically nothing about urban, urban planning and uh, and civil is one of the one of the engineering disciplines. that's completely outside of my bailiwick. So um, and I feel like there's a lot of of uh, thing, like a lot of thought that goes into dealing with situations like that, that like we don't even think about, like we don't notice it because it's done. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm it's 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 already been done it's 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 part of the design of a city that stretches back or it's a bunch of continuous decisions that stretch back like decades so yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy that
1: cool all right well if you're if you're still out there andrew hit us up we need your help
0: <laughs> if, if you're interested in talking to us again this is this topic is uh, i think it's uh, of particular interest to people right now um but i think it's something that we as uh we need to consider going forward Um, just considering we're starting to see more and more of these like record natural disasters, uh, it's kind of a scary time. And, uh, we as engineers, I think have a responsibility to think about these problems. So
1: Mm -hmm. try to make things better if we can. Yep. Or at least think about how things could be done better. I don't think you and I are actually going to go out and build emergency storage container housing, but yep.
0: Yeah but maybe we'll inspire somebody out there listening to the podcast to like start a business. I don't know.
1: That'd be cool. could be cool. Yeah.
0: If you do start a business, let us know. Cause that'd be
1: awesome. <laughs> if, it, um, if it, if it fails and crashes and burns in a, in a blaze of glory, also let us know. <laughs> and yeah, we're sorry. We'd still like to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was cool. I think hopefully we did a okay job of, um, dealing with this in a, in a respectful manner. I think it's a, a an interesting topic and I don't think it's something we should shy away from talking about, um, just because it's a hard topic, but, uh, but hopefully we didn't offend anybody. Um, and if you have some thoughts on what we discussed, or if you think that we were wrong, or especially if you know more about the things we were talking about and you want to correct us, uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, probably Facebook is the best place to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let us know and we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. Uh, thanks for talking to me, Pete. This yeah, is no, this thanks. is a conversation I wanted to have. So it's nice to have someone to come up with.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have been an interesting podcast if it was just you, if I hadn't shown up either. <laughs>
0: I could totally do that. We're, so ri- we're ribbing a bit on Abby, but
1: it, it's not her fault for not showing up.
0: <laughs> one of these weeks, though. One of these weeks is going to be just one of us and just, like, monologuing into a microphone for an hour.
1: <laughs> I'm going to talk about soup.
0: <laughs> I uh, can do it. Don't, don't tempt me.
1: Anyway, thanks for listening, all of you people out there on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. if you still like our podcast, hit us up on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I believe it's called Whatever now. Whatever it's called these days. Give us, uh, give us some stars and that'll help other people find out what, who <laughs> we are. And- Listen to
0: our crazy ramblings too.